Through the Keyhole is fueled by Vanessa House Beer Company, located in Automobile Alley at 118 Northwest 8th Street in Oklahoma City. Stop by the tap room and try the legendary 401k lager or the refreshing destination wedding cerveza with salt and lime. Vanessa House is always brewing something fun like the Pog Hard Seltzer or their sweet and tasty sours. Great beers for a hot Oklahoma summer as we march towards football season. Stop by the Vanessa House Tap Room at 118 Northwest 8th Street in Oklahoma City for good drinks and family-friendly good times. Kids and pets are welcome. Yes, I mentioned kids and pets in the same sentence. Vanessa House Beer Company, the best beer in Oklahoma City. Please drink responsibly. Welcome to Through the Keyhole, an Oklahoma football podcast. I am one of your hosts, Peyton Guthrie, and you're joined on the big podcast, the one that everyone gets to listen to by Matt Brady and Alan. If you could see it, we have a cool little quad. The quad is up so we can see everyone's faces and everything. It's fantastic. Uh, but before we jump into everything, I want to say our college pick that was on our Patreon. So patreon.com slash through the keyhole. You can join. We do pick We do all kinds of things. But the winners for that is Indian Hill Hammers. For 178 points, Indian Hill Hammers, you get a signed mini Oklahoma football helmet signed by the king, Barry Switzer. And then Conkel 92, we didn't announce there'd be a second place winner, but because you finished one point behind first place, we're going to do you a $25 gift gift card to an OU shopping brand centric thing. Email me, uh, post it on the patreon.com. If not, I'll put a Patreon post up asking you guys to to hit me up and we'll get this stuff figured out. But now that that's taken care of. Peyton decided to to Florida State, third place winner. I know. It was so far. Those two were so high up. It didn't matter. (laughs) You get nothing. You lose. Historically, third third place gets fired. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But you heard Brady's voice. Brady, how you doing, man? Dude, we're we're living. Um, it's 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 another day in Sooner Paradise. Um, has anybody hit the portal recently? I was going to see if you would hit the portal. <laughs> uh, um, I, I I'm I'm in my feelings. I guess I'm I'm a little bit in my OU fan feelings. We'll get to that maybe later. We'll get to that. Yes, Alan, how's it heading over on the Eastern Seaboard? Oh man, still getting by. Still here. No transferring for me. Uh, but, uh, it has been quite fast and furious. I'm not even sure. I mean, the, uh, the number of guys who have gotten into the transfer portal at this point is uh, pretty outrageous. Does Texas then, A&M have a defensive line? Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Matt, our last one, a producer, producer, Matt, how you going, man? Doing well, man. Watching, uh, some OU basketball right now. And yes. It's Sloppy a little start. close, a little too close for comfort right now. But other than that, doing very well. Well, they got the big man on their side, right? The the opponents. The what? Sir? The, the, the big man. <laughs> the guy. Oh, yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> they, they all do. Indeed. The Friars, the yes. Providence Friars. Yes, yes they do. Yeah. Okay. You're like, who? What big I man? I was like, yeah, Adam John Singer? Hughley's really has been a really good big guy for. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> well, well, we're, we're starting off hot, so we'll go ahead and jump on our first topic of the day. We're going to talk a little bit about the Alamo Bowl. So if you haven't heard, uh, Oklahoma did not make the New Year's Six Bowl. They did not jump over the just mammoth titans of the sport in Ole Miss and Missouri. They get a chance to get sent to the New Year's, uh, New Year's Six after Florida State wasn't picked. It caused them like a certain amount of chaos uh, that the uh, the Athletic talked about for the ACC uh, Bowl tie-ins, which then pushed uh, – uh, Ole Miss into now the SEC having four New York Six uh, uh, teams, which seems cool, I guess. But congratulations uh, for that perspective. And Louisville being shoved all the way to wh- who who cares bowl, uh, which sucks for them as a football program. But Oklahoma does is slotted against the uh, Arizona Wildcats, so I guess Oklahoma will get a chance to play a Wildcat team this season uh, in San Antonio in the Alamo Bowl. Oklahoma opens up. What I saw was opened up as a three-point dog. Alan, I want to go straight to you on that since you had a great article already about this and running our pick 'em. Uh, has that gone? Has that moved around, or is three uh, a number in which, via your own power rankings, would be something you say, "Hey, this is a number I'm more than willing to take at this point in time"? Or a bowl game just too hard to handle because you've got Mel Holmes going to have a new starting quarterback, as we'll get into later in the show. Yeah, I mean, at this point you know, I can go through and maybe tell you like, Oh, well, I like this situation or that situation for certain teams, but um, I don't know how, how you'd make, how you even offer lines or, or power, power at these things given, you know, I mean, what's these teams, different motivation, who's in the portal, who's pulling that, who's in the portal and then going to pull out all these different questions kind of, you know, flowing around who's playing, you know, at, at some of these places, uh, you know, you look at like Miami, Ohio, for example, uh, I believe their, their quarterback is in the portal. So is Ohio's quarterback. I mean, that's a game that not a lot of people would be able to, uh, you know, set a line on particularly well in the first place. And now who knows anything about the backups at two schools, that type of thing. So, you know, I mean, it seems like Arizona's going to survive this pretty intact. Uh, so from that standpoint, I mean, you know, and it, given how well the Wildcats played in the back half of the season, uh, plus three, I mean, you know, yeah, plus three sounds about right. Brady, you've talked about this a little bit on the uh, no cap, the, just, just the basic level of like Oklahoma should not be in this bowl game. <laughs> I mean, Oklahoma, Oklahoma of this, of this magnitude and this team's talent and, you know, what we believe them to be finishing at 10 and two now seems to be in my personal opinion, somewhat disrespected having me pushed down to the Alamo Bowl. Again, that's fine. Texas goes there a lot, <laughs> or the Sun Bowl <laughs> historically, but Oklahoma's not used to this. Uh, what are your thoughts on Oklahoma not only having to go to Alamo Bowl at the Alamo Bowl to play against Arizona, but going in there as an underdog? I mean, it, it, obviously it's underdog in like line only because no one's going to expect any casual viewer. Oklahoma could lose half their team and people, you know, the casual viewers will expect Oklahoma to be favored in this game uh, and potentially may, you know, leave narratively and publicly of egg on their face if, you know, they're not motivated or something like that against this Arizona team. Yeah, I mean, look, Arizona is a, a good football team. They've proven that this season by, I mean, winning nine games um, in arguably the best, like the best performing conference this season, maybe not necessarily the best talent wise, you know, from top to bottom conference, that's always going to be the SEC. But in terms of the teams that actually put the work on the field. I mean, the PAC 12 was up there and Arizona won nine games and they were a player two from winning 10, you know, if they had beat USC. So they are a good team, like in a vacuum, like make no mistake about that. And everybody kind of 
has said that on every OU podcast at this point, still like, this is a good football team. I know you could very well lose with or without like motivation. Like it just, it goes beyond that. I mean, my whole concern is just with the bowl or just OU's placement in it is, has just been, I mean, OU performed better than being like their performance as a team, winning 10 games, beating Texas, their two losses were not necessarily indicative of what they are, what they're capable of. You know, they were just two bad days um, against two opponents on the road that were, I mean, pretty good teams. This wasn't meme Kansas. This was what they went eight games. You know, this was a, a pretty, pretty good Kansas team, especially for their standard, um, but a pretty good Kansas team relative to college football and Oklahoma state for as fraudish as we all kind of understood that they were, they did play in the conference championship game. So OU has two losses against those teams where they performed well below the average of their performances throughout the entirety of the season. And they get damned for it because people have a bad idea or bad optic, bad thought, bad reputation of the big 12. And they wanted to the committee, the rankers, whoever it may be wanted to value teams like Missouri, Ole Miss and Penn state more because, well, it justifies their rankings of teams that those teams lost to. Um, to me, it just, what OU did this season, they don't belong in this tier of bowl game. And I understand that there are rules. I understand that there are like, you know, a group of five has to get in, you know, to be in the top 11, you know, all that, like bowl tie-ins, the Sugar Bowl is a playoff game. So that kind of nixes the big 12. I understand all that, but, you know, some of this, like some of this desire to like evolve the game from the, whatever it was known as in the nineties, like the bowl Alliance to the BCS to the playoff committee, you know, some of it, some of the implied desire for the evolution is to kind of make it, make the game a little bit more duh. Like yeah, these are the matchups we want to see. These are the matchups that will dictate and show the world who is the true best team in the country. And then you kind of fall like it falters from, from there, from the national championship game on down and OU belongs in a game against a Missouri or an Ole Miss or a Penn State. Like if in an ideal world, OU is gearing up for a big bowl game on New Year's Day against a team ranked around them. Um, and I know Arizona technically is ranked around OU, but it's just the Alamo Bowl. It 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 doesn't have any juice. It the the game got juice with Dylan Gabriel's entrance into the portal. Um, I know he kind of was still iffy on if he's going to play or not in this game earlier today when he's talking to the franchise's Dylan Buckingham. But I expect Jackson Arnold to play, so therefore the game has more juice than it did 48 hours ago when we thought Dylan might be the quarterback. Uh, but it's just OU wins 10 games, beat Texas. I, I would expect a, a higher-tiered bowl with more stakes, but that's not what we got. OU has no one to blame but the their off their former offensive coordinator and a little bit of themselves. Um, so at the end of the day, that's just what it is. I, I don't have to be excited for it, but I'm still going to sit my happy ass down and watch it and hope that we win. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of where I'm at. I think it's, it's regardless has potential to be a very interesting football game just from, you know, two football teams playing. And you have to think about it. Like you said, you're gonna sit down and watch it because in March, we're only begging for for Iowa, Penn State, you know, to anything of that nature to kind of watch. And I think, you know, Jed Fish has a good football program set up down in uh, in, in Arizona that could will test Brent Venables. And as we're talking about a little bit later, we'll address some of these uh, transfers. Uh, but it has a chance for a new look Oklahoma team coming through. 
Uh, Matt, I mean, you know, hey, you guys are the flagship. Are you guys excited for this bowl game? Is this something that does anything for you guys? Or, uh, you know, secretly, were you guys like, man, we wish we could have got the Cotton Bowl? Right, yeah, no, definitely wish uh, it was a higher bowl game. But, I mean, the match with Arizona, Arizona's a fun team, actually. They're kind of a fun team to watch. No Fafita kid at, at quarterback is is very, very fun. And I don't know if I'm going to have a ton of fun watching him play against OU, but um yeah as far as like yeah marquee matchups no this this isn't it i'm kind of with brady i get you got to get the liberty in there like tulane last year and tulane had a great game against usc right we we all love that but i just man i i'm glad that this is the last of the the 14 playoff very glad that it gets expanded we're still going to have the whole like uh, oh, what the hell? Why did this team like like this year? Right? It's like what separates Missouri, Ole Miss, Penn State, and OU. That could have been very <laughs> that could have been very detrimental and very um, toxic. If if that is one word uh, that comes to mind as far as that, so that's going to just stretch the boundaries even more for what this fourteen play out. I know we're all pissed off uh, that Florida State didn't didn't get in. Whispers. I'm actually not. I actually really like these two matchups a lot, uh, to be honest. But, you know, on the basis of it, a Power 5 conference title winning team who's undefeated doesn't get in. That is a little odd. But uh, beside the fact, yeah, the Oklahoma and Arizona, it's going to be fine. But it's just, it, it feels a lot like, it doesn't really feel a lot like the Oregon game a, a couple years ago, right? It's obviously the same bowl game. But, you know, you have Caleb Williams and that whole thing's in flux. And then it's like, oh, well, Caleb Williams is going to play in the bowl game. So everyone's like, okay, well, maybe he will stay. Maybe he'll stick it out with with Oklahoma. And, I mean, I just remember that Oregon team had a ton of opt-outs. Uh, I felt like OU had some opt-outs. And if I'm remembering correctly, I'm probably not. But uh, it's going it, to – it. I feel like it has potential on the flip side, if that makes sense. Like OU being the Oregon in this sense where there's, you know, opt-outs like Dylan Gabriel. They're starting to – a freshman quarterback, like – all this stuff, and then Arizona's kind of got, you know, they've got a young, fun team. There, a lot of those guys are young too, uh, for the Wildcats. So it feels like they can use that as like a springboard of like, okay, what can we do now? Like in the in the Big Twelve next year, like all that stuff. Um, it, it's going to be interesting for me, but I'm not sure. I'm not speaking for any fan. I can't like, if the fans out there aren't juiced up about Arizona, then I really don't blame you. I, I don't even really know how to say this. And I know Arizona fans are listening to this podcast, but I, I don't want to just shit on Arizona. Like I have no, I have nothing against them. And I guess that can kind of be insulting because I, I just like most of the big 12 when we're in the sec, I just won't think about them that much. It's like, I don't miss any of these games, but I mean, OSU's playing Texas A&M in the Texas bowl. I guess technically the Alamo bowl is a higher tiered bowl than the Texas bowl, but I would be more excited for a Texas A&M bowl matchup than Arizona, knowing full well that Arizona, much better team. Maybe Arizona, maybe Arizona fans probably feel the same way. They probably don't because um, there's just not a lot of success with that program. But maybe Arizona deserves a better bowl game. But I'm sure they're excited about the matchup of playing Oklahoma. And that's that's where we are is if OU was playing USC, 
even without Lincoln Riley, if you just remove Lincoln Riley, if they're just playing a bad USC team in the Alamo Bowl, that's exciting. Playing a bad Oregon team in the Alamo Bowl, that's exciting. Just Arizona just isn't that type of school. Arizona basketball fans, if you played Oklahoma, you're probably not jazzed about that matchup because Oklahoma's not a basketball school, right? So that's the best way I can say it. I don't mean to be rude and I don't mean to shit on what Arizona did. It's just, I'd rather play other teams in an otherwise meaningless bowl game. It's just not the culmination I thought this team deserved, even though they could very well get their ass kicked for all we know. The Spirit Shop has been Norman's source for wine, beer, and spirits since 1976. We feature the biggest selection and best prices in town. Thousands of different wines, beers, spirits, and more. Live in Norman? We deliver all over town, every day, usually in under an hour. Let us bring the party to you. Go to our website and order online at www.thespiritshop.org or give us a call at 405-321-3100. That's 405-321-3100. In from out of town for the game? Come see us at the corner of Main and Barry, just two miles east of I-35. Take the Main Street exit and browse thousands of fine wines and hard-to-find bourbon in store. Yeah, I mean... it. I see what you're saying. It's almost like you're clamoring for the, uh, maybe clamoring is the wrong word, but it's the idea of like this TV matchup, like you said, Texas A&M versus University of Oklahoma. You know, has this, has seems to have like a, a stronger weight to it potentially at that point in time. Uh, and, you know, what Matt was talking about, the Florida State stuff being knocked out and not kept in there. You know, e- even like next year, 12, you know, it's 12-team playoff, Oklahoma potentially would not be in the playoff if it were 12 teams this year due to them having to take the top six um, um, uh, rated uh, conference champions and then six at large at that point in time. I would assume so, but if you were to run it down the list of how they kept where, you know, OU would be out on that. And that that would cause me uh, much, much, much heartburn at that point in time if something like this, because right now it's just meaningless at this point in time. Uh, But who it's not meaningless for, we're going to do a slight little side topic, is the state of Florida politicians <laughs> and wanting to talk about doing legal lawsuits and try to get Congress involved in this stuff. Alan, you're the smart one of the group. Uh, <laughs> is this just like complete saber rattling that has nothing to do with anything or most the only thing that's going to come out is like they do a report that says, yeah, we decided not to pick them because the QB was injured. So uh, Florida politicians are going to are are wanting are going to are threatening litigation over the lack of transparency. I don't even understand what the the threat is here. Yeah, I I don't know either, but I'm guessing that's what it is. They're just wanting to have some sort of like actual document that says this is why you didn't pick them. And inside the rules of the committee, it says they can take it take take into uh, you know account composition of football team. You know if there are injuries or key indicators from that point in time. Um, it just seems very, very strange to me. I mean, it doesn't seem strange to me at all that football fans are upset. It seems weird to me that people who are supposed to be paying attention to much larger problems <laughs> in the nation are uh, at least putting some energy whatsoever into uh, you know Florida State's bowl game um, uh, uh, futures. Right. I mean, but this is like an easy, easy win for them politically, right? Like. Yeah. Football fans, particularly Florida State fans, you see something like this, they're like, "Yeah, that guy's on our side," you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fuck the, you know, whatever it is that they're, you know, voting on border security and, um, you know, <laughs> Israel Palestine and all that 
But man, they they really are worried about making sure the Florida State doesn't get shafted again. Yeah, you know, you really got to think about it. If you look at these playoff teams, these are all very, very heavily Democratic states. (laughs) 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 Uh, No, I mean, uh, uh, yeah, the SEC, uh, they kind of rule that roost. And then let's say most of them didn't go uh, all the way the direction some of us would like them to go. Uh, But moving on to another topic, Oklahoma has transfers. They're hitting the portal. Um, Brady himself had a Tuesday post, a special edition Tuesday post about the portal and who's all leaving. This is headlined by Dylan Gabriel, a quarterback who will, you know, kind of steady the ship over this two-year bridge as OU uh, gets into the SEC, leaving the Big 12 and surviving the red wedding of uh, of the program by Lincoln Riley in the midnight, uh, you know, uh, escape. But now he seems to be at least entertaining options for a new college home, if not the NFL draft. Brady, you have an entire post about it, which can be found on patreon.com slash through the keyhole. Um, if you uh, follow any of our socials, you've seen it promoted there. Uh, if you do that, we're on X and we're on Facebook and we're on Instagram as well. So all the meta programs, uh, platforms. But Brady, walk us through some of your general ideas about this. I know you you feel kind of feel like you're on an island here with the Dylan Gabriel stuff, but Dylan's gone. He got us over troubled waters. And now he seems like he may not be here for the bowl game as he's entered into the portal. So Brady... The floor is yours. Yeah, I, I, I completely understand that. I completely understand that somebody can look at like if they if they want to read my post, they could read about three or four paragraphs and think this guy's a fucking loser, who <laughs> just it's probably he's one of those fans that thinks oh you should win a national championship not every year but every game like they should win a national title every game he's he's that type of mouth breathing fan and, and his be, wife left him my wife left me that be that as it may burton i i just i want to please stress that i understand that these players especially nowadays they have a lot more freedom that is well earned some of this freedom is kind of a byproduct of the whole COVID thing by getting this extra transfer year and grad trans. Like I get all that. All I'm trying to say here is Dylan Gabriel, potentially, because this is all potential Dylan Gabriel, potentially transferring to Oregon and succeeding, like succeeding. Let's just say at the same rate that he succeeded this season at OU. So um, if, if they don't have a stupid offensive coordinator who decides to workshop bullshit for two weeks, Oregon's probably, you know, threatening for a playoff in late October, if not late November in that scenario. So in that scenario where Dylan Gabriel is successful, I'm sorry that affects his legacy as an Oklahoma sooner because when he's done playing, if anybody remembers him, some people will think Dylan Gabriel, the Oregon duck, and other people think, no, 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 like that, that drive against Texas um, when he was with Oklahoma, the whole, like the point being like, we will have to share a legacy now. And when I think of great Oklahoma football players, and that ranges from, you know, Leroy Selman at the very top, you know, Baker Mayfield, Brian Bosworth, th- those types of players on the way down to like a Josh Heupel who didn't win any hardware, but he won the national championship and he's a beloved quarterback figure um, in Sooner lore. So it's a wide range of, of sooner greats. Um, they're all sooners. Like they are undoubtedly, they, they are just Oklahoma sooners and their NFL success or lack thereof has nothing to do with it. It might add to it, or it could take a little bit of away 
from it, but they're Oklahoma Sooners forever. And I'm not trying to sit here and say Dylan Gabriel is not an Oklahoma Sooner anymore because he's turning his back on the program. It's nothing like that. I'm just simply saying that having to share a, share a player and his legacy, you know, 10, 15 years from now, I'm just like, it's a little bit of a disappointment. That That's it. It's like, I mean, I don't know. It, it's like if your favorite professional wrestler growing up uh, switched sides, you know, with, with a, onto a, a, like a wrestling group that you didn't like, you're still probably going to like that wrestler, but you're just disappointed that that decision was made in the script. You know, like, I don't, uh, we don't own any of these players. They're free to do what they want. I'm just simply looking at it as like Dylan had the potential to be a very unique and very special player in what have a sooner legacy or a very special sooner legacy. And I'm not saying that it's completely done or it's crumbling or it doesn't exist anymore because even Caleb Williams has a sooner legacy. You cannot take away that 2021 OU Texas game, no matter how much of a stain on that game there is with Lincoln Riley on the sideline and Caleb Williams being the quarterback to take us back in the game and then him transferring. That was still Caleb Williams as an Oklahoma Sooner, but when everybody remembers him, he's a USC Trojan because he won the Heisman there. So I'm just saying, like, I'm just disappointed. I I wish, if I got my wish, I just would have wished that he would have called it a career in college and taken his shot in the NFL and... That way he, he could have just finished off as an Oklahoma center. That's it. It's, it's admittedly selfish. I understand that. I don't know. I just, I just, I was speaking from the heart as corny as that sounds. And then there's the other little part of, I don't know if it's necessarily wise to look at your first year in the sec and say, thanks, but no thanks to experience leadership. And I mean, damn near Heisman caliber play because this kid over here is a five-star and we think he's going to be good. Like we think he will. I tend to believe the hype. I, I also want to believe the hype. I just don't know if that's the most wise thing. I'm sure Jackson Arnold's going to be great. I'm sure we won't care. I'm excited to watch Jackson Arnold potentially in the Alamo bowl. I'm not saying that he's going to suck or anything. I'm just, I'm just simply pointing out that don't think don't think that it's 100% guarantee that saying goodbye to Dylan Gabriel, thank you for your service, now get out of here um, so Jackson Arnold can play. Don't think that that's 100% guarantee that it's going to work and work better. It's not going to be just like, it's going to be like Dylan Gabriel if he could run faster and hit the deep ball more consistently. He, Jackson's going to have his own problems that we will see and hope that he can work through. And, may, and he probably will because he's talented. You know, it's just, it's going to be an uphill battle next year and the potential for three or four loss Oklahoma while Dylan Gabriel's kicking ass, something like at Ohio state or Oregon, that's going to be a little bit of a tough pill to swallow admittedly. So I, I know I'm an asshole, but I, I, I promise I don't hate Dylan Gabriel not cursing his name right now. I promise. I'm just, I'm just a tad disappointed. You just hate Jackson Arnold. That's it. Fuck that's him. It. You know, <laughs> just kidding. We, love, I think we, we, just... we stand Jackson. We do. I, I think it's just mainly um, just a sign of the times, especially the quarterbacks. Look at the three quarterbacks who are up for, you know, who are uh, uh, rumored to finish one, two, three in the Heisman. Uh, they've all transferred. You know, Oklahoma had, you know, we, we already share a legacy, you know, is Jalen Hurts an Oklahoma product or is he Alabama product? I mean, it's just when it comes to quarterback and quarterback play, 
Uh, and just where the portal is now, I think there's over 500 players currently in the transfer portal, um, which has broke a record from the last previous years. It's just something we're going to have to kind of uh, learn to accept that we used to be able to cheer names. And now we're going to have to fully adopt the NFL model of cheering teams to a certain degree and kind of like whoever's next, which seems odd because all my NFL friends who don't really watch college football, they already mentioned it's hard to kind of keep up with college football because it's every three years, there's a brand new team (laughs) to learn who can do what and everything. Uh, But we're not used to it being year to year. Now, college basketball, it's a year to year team (laughs) to a certain degree. And it has been for a while, uh, especially for the big time programs where they're getting the one and dones, you know, you know, Duke or something like that. Maybe I don't know, a little scrappy team um, (laughs) learning how to navigate that system. But, you know, us as OU fans, us as college football fans in general, or have to, um, just kind of get used to that and kind of get used to that movement. Uh, but, but other news on top of that is, you know, everyone is, uh, you know, it seems to me the full grace period uh, for Oklahoma and, and Brent Venables is over at this point in time. You know, the, the guys who are leaving, you know, Jackson Arnold obviously headlines his transfer portal uh, departure for Oklahoma, everyone else for Oklahoma. For, uh, Dylan Gabriel. Dylan Gabriel. Who did that? Jackson Arnold. Jackson, Jackson Arnold. Arnold. Good Lord. No, breaking sorry. news. Uh, yeah, breaking news. Uh, Dylan Gabriel, uh, and it's the number one quarterback, in my opinion, on the transfer portal, you know, <laughs> shopping list if you're Oregon, Ohio State, or something of that nature. And everyone else who's going is kind of uh, just another guy uh, <laughs> who may, you know, hey, you know, Tommy Walker was not even on scholarship. Uh, maybe that's a key component is why he's leaving, trying to get on scholarship somewhere. And we hope he lands. Marcus Major needs a change of scenery, uh, you know. He seems like a, a running back would be great for like Houston or something like that, you know, something of that nature. I don't think we're seeing anything that surprising leaving. Uh, Dylan Gabriel putting his hat in the um, in the portal uh, is somewhat surprising, even though it seemed fairly openly spoke about in the preseason that this was going to be Dylan's last year at the University of Oklahoma. And now I've got a lot of people reaching out to me saying like, whoa, are you shocked? And I'm like, no, he they'd all talked about this. I mean, Alan, am I, uh, am I missing something there? Or is this just the uh, duality? My not the duality. Is this just because we're so tapped into it that we kind of knew this was the last year of Dylan Gabriel? Or is is him getting to the portal, not moving on to the NFL? Is that shocking? Uh, more surprising, maybe shocking is not the right word, surprising to you? Um, or is it just purely just about keeping your options open? Well, I'd need to see the offer sheet that he's receiving from, I believe, Oregon, <laughs> you know, to <laughs> yeah. uh, to really, uh, you know, comment on that. I, I don't know. I mean, I look at it and I think, like, it's not that – I mean, Dylan Grable is a very good quarterback. He's done a lot for OU. Um, and, of course, there's some uncertainty there with Jackson Arnold. You know, he's a young guy. And on top of that, you know, I mean, there are depth issues here to consider. Look at it and think, okay – what is Dylan Gabriel's value to you? I mean, like, and if, and you know, if Oregon is offering some like multiple of that, then like, I mean, I think you guys just let him go. Right. Like I, I just, to me, it's the kind of thing where, um, I mean, it's in a certain sense, it's kind of an NFL salary cap type issue. Right. And like, you know, if he's if he's too expensive, I'm I'm okay with him moving on. You know, but not only is it like is he too expensive? Let him move on. Oklahoma wants him gone. 
<laughs> I mean, that that's, yeah. I mean, maybe not like wants him gone, like, hey, get out of here. It's, but it's, it's like, we are ready now to start this next journey of the University of Oklahoma. And that's going to be under Jackson Arnold because we have a future to prepare for. You know, it's it's not that you've wear. I don't know. That's the part that's that that's the part that's hard for me on is that where people are like, oh, wow, Oklahoma's losing our quarterbacks. Like, no, Oklahoma has told him this is it. We're moving on yeah. next year. And that's the part that's very strange. And it's just not something I'm used to seeing that, you know, people, you know, teams like Oregon, obviously it's Oregon's a heavy favorite, uh, clamoring, you know, you know, over themselves to get Dylan Gabriel to sign an offer, like, offer sheet <laughs> to come mm-hmm. court, play quarterback for them. And Oklahoma's just willingly, willingly letting him go because they have this future guy who sat on the bench the entire time thinking, this is it. This is the future. This is the guy we're going to have for two years if everything's great, three years if he's a good college quarterback. I mean, Matt, is, have you, can, can you remember a time in which you've, you've seen this happen, you know, like any sport? I mean, I guess, I mean, I guess it happens in any sports, like contracts, like pro sports or something. Guys get too expensive, you let them go. But Oklahoma is like, has said, we've turned the page on this middle you know, era uh, of, of this rebuild. And now we're ready to go on. This is, does that seem kind of strange to you? Um, everything seems a little strange to me with the NIL <laughs> stuff, like still, still get wrapping my head around uh, a lot of it, that in the transfer portal. But um, yeah, I mean, you're right. And it, it, it makes it a shitload easier whenever you have a recruit like Jackson Arnold behind him too. Cause I mean, Make a mistake if if they didn't have Jackson Arnold in the boat, uh, Dylan Gabriel's not going anywhere. They're probably like begging him, "Hey, no, here's all this money to come back, and hey, you can set all these records, you know, keep climbing up the all time passing leaders list and everything." Uh, so yeah, no. Wh- whenever you break it down and lay everything out on the table, it's just like it, it feels better for all parties because yeah. I mean, Jackson doesn't have to like. Or I'm Dylan doesn't have to like actually compete with Jackson, and like I think that they would have like a legit like battle uh, next year going into next year, and you know Dylan Gabriel can go play at a big time program too. I mean, like you, you throw out like Oregon, Ohio State; these aren't just like any program; these are like built to win like right now programs. You know, Ohio State was just on the outside looking in, as well as Oregon of the, of the college football playoff. I mean, Oregon was literally in a win and get in, and loser goes home to get into the playoff just this, just this past week. So, I mean, I think it's better for all parties involved, to be honest. Yeah. And, and yeah, I mean, Oregon, like you said, Oregon is right there. They couldn't get it done twice, <laughs> you know, against right. Washington exactly. to get it done. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm not so uh, foreboding or some, you know, worry about their, their side of it and their future. Um, it just, it just seems strange to me that because college football, you could just keep them. There is no salary cap. <laughs> you know, you could just pay them and keep them, but you said, "Hey, we're we're moving on." It, it's a mutual, quote unquote, ending of a relationship, and you just don't see. It's not like a. It's not like a Ohio State and McCord, where they probably said, "Hey, you got to go," <laughs> or he's got. Yeah. He's like, "I'm out of here because I'm going to get benched. And I'm going to move on." Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if if Dylan if McCord had played as well as Dylan Gabriel, this they don't have a conversation you know they, they just continue him even though they lost to michigan and so on and so forth that to me that's the thing that's hard to get my full understanding around it other than this is what they've decided to do because as you mentioned if you keep dylan gabriel you lose jackson arnold 
uh, there's I don't think you can sit him another year or I don't think he wants to sit another year and then you're having to deal with that transfer out and then you're then stuck with another freshman because you want to keep I mean you got the freshman coming in next year Jackson Arnold will play two years then that freshman plays and he's seasoned you know you're kind of keeping this like two-year trans you know stack two-year warm-up period by starting the cycle from this this perspective as opposed to if we keep them, then we're starting another true freshman that may not, that's not five-star talented at that point in time, uh, so on and so forth from, from that perspective. It, that's the harder one there. So, you know, uh, listeners, hey, man, hit us up on uh, on any of our socials. Let us know if, we're, uh, if we got our heads around that in, in a way that's uh, you, appropriate in your mind. Do you guys want Dylan to play in the bowl game? And I only bring that up again because he, he was really iffy on if he wants to play or if he's going to play um in the bowl game i think he had mentioned that he talks to brent venables about it a mm-hmm. lot and they just haven't made that deci- ultimate decision just yet um i don't even know how that would work out in the days of transfer portals and nil like could could dylan like commit or make a verbal commitment to another school but still play in his current team's bowl game i like, think so yeah i do believe so if I were advising him, I don't know. If I were Oregon, again, as an example, uh, I would say no. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, yeah, even like, then, yeah. If yeah, I like were you, OU, I'd say yes. Yeah. Because then you're not going to put Jackson Arnold out there to potentially get hurt, right? Like, Yeah, like I, I want, now that we know for sure, because I wanted Dylan to have his senior day mm-hmm. when I thought that that was going to be kind of a pipe dream because we all thought he had a legitimate concussion and not enough time to recover from it. And I remember writing like, that's a shame. I want him to have kind of a, a send off for OU fans to show their appreciation. Unfortunately, we got that and he kicked a lot of ass against TCU. Um, but now that we know for sure that his time at OU is either very soon coming up or is already up, it would be, it would be nice to see at least one more performance out of him as the quarterback because I'm going to be honest, as excited as I am about the potentiality of watching a full month of practice as QB1 Jackson Arnold to see like what we actually have to look forward to. I mean, imagine the fucking content from Keyhole and other places if Jackson Arnold throws for four touchdowns and rushes for one and OU blitzes Arizona. Imagine that. But as excited as I am about that potential, if he gets hurt, holy fucking shit, in, the mo- in a meaningless bowl game that nobody will remember. That that is beyond disastrous. Now that does not mean that I want Dylan to play because I would rather him get hurt. No, no, no. I don't want anyone to get hurt. I the risk of Jackson Arnold getting hurt, the risk yeah. to OU is so much higher if Jackson starts and plays the entire game than if Dylan Gabriel plays. I don't want anyone to get hurt. Just let me repeat that. Yeah, I I think if if I was a betting man, and based on how Brent Venables sees his uh, views his recruiting like, hey if you if you go visit then you're not in and all that type of stuff my assumption on is if you've entered the portal you're no longer on the football team i mean we'll support you and all that type of stuff but it's like you're that would be my assumption he's going to yeah, want to play correct. you know he's going to want to play with hands with the cards he knows he has uh me personally as a as a fan if this let's say if this were the cotton bowl and oklahoma got ohio state versus oklahoma in the cotton bowl I would damn sure want Dylan Gabriel in that game because <laughs> it's a big time helmet school. It's, you know, you're battling for recruits. You want to show you can beat these teams and they, you know, they struggle to beat you and you can beat them, so on and so forth. 
As you said earlier, Alamo Bowl versus Arizona, I'm kind of interesting to see what the kid can do. <laughs> you know, it, it seems to be a True. little bit of an easier shot for him to kind of line up that perspective and say, hey, this is an Arizona team, which defense isn't, you know, great. I mean, it's good, but it's not like yeah. a top 15 unit that's going to completely crush him. And also it's just, like, hey, it's a chance to see what Seth has done over the month to kind of get prepared for this and kind of get him lined up and it maybe portends to see what Dylan, uh, not Dylan, uh, Jackson Arnold's able to do into the future. Um, now, is there going to be a ton of QB run game? I damn sure hope not if it's Jackson Arnold <laughs> there. Uh, so I think maybe that won't, won't carry all the way over. But I don't know. I, I, I'm kind of excited seeing what Jackson Arnold could do. I, I, I mean, looking at Dylan Gabriel's career at Oklahoma, he gets his, he almost gets decapitated against CCU. He, he has, he suffers some sort of head injury against BYU, quote unquote, fights back for his senior day moment. I mean, I thought his last snap was, you know, before halftime at BYU at that point in time, we'd never see him come again, but he, he comes back, plays again. To me, he has put in what he owes to the university football team enough to where he can go and it's fine. And I have no issue with it any way whatsoever. Oklahoma needs to move on at this point in time. He needs to move on at this point in time. And he needs to think about his career of like, hey, any, like I said, he's already had multiple concussions. Any hit can be the last hit. And if Oregon's going to give him, if Matt Rule can be trusted <laughs> two million something dollars, <laughs> then hey, cash that check, <laughs> put it inside the bank uh, uh, from that perspective. But Matt, I mean, what about you? What you is it? Is it Jackson Arnold time? Are we on this tool time? Is it, is it? Are we here? Are you ready for it? I'm ready, man. I mean, we we've spent a year and a half, two years talking Being about it. Ready you know? for it. Yeah. <laughs> Been ready. Been ready. Want to see it happen? I just, uh, man, you know the throws. Early on in the year, you know, against Tulsa, all that stuff got me a little excited. And then, you know, him coming into the BYU game and just kind of managing the game and made a couple big throws whenever he needed to. He mm -hmm. did miss one, wide open one, but that's okay. I think that was more of a, hey, holy shit, this guy's wide open. And little adrenaline just a little bit, <laughs> just kicked it a little too much on that throw to Anderson. But, nah, man, we, we've spent so much time talking about Jackson Arnold. I'm ready to, I'm ready to finally see it. I mean, I was ready to roll Jackson Arnold in the preseason. <laughs> Say, right. give him a year in the Big 12 so he doesn't walk right to the SEC completely, you know, completely uh, untested. So I, I would love for him to get a game. And as Brady had mentioned in his article, he's probably, you know, let's say Dylan Gabriel does play this game. Jackson Arnold's getting 80% of those bowl game snaps. Yeah. I mean, just, I mean, they're, 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 they're future planning right now. Um, even if it's something they, I don't know. It, if you, a ceremonial if handoff, out. a ceremonial handoff, Dylan Gabriel just hands it yeah. off and then gets a little standing ovation. That could be Maybe. Brent's way of lining up in the wishbone for his first play ever, like Bob did against right. Indiana State. Get it done. Man, He, I can't believe he did that for John Blake. It's wild. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to the great. Shout out to the great. Uh, moving Thanks on for to the, the roster. Yeah, that's true. Uh, moving on to the... Uh, uh, NCAA Super League that's been kind of floated around here. If you haven't heard the uh, NCAA, it seems to be a floating the idea of creating a new subdivision of FBS football, basically saying those who can opt into this league will then uh, be able to, please correct me if I'm wrong, be able to pay players directly. Um, now, the reason why they wouldn't want to do this sport-wide is because it would completely and utterly bankrupt 
80% of college football uh, programs. Uh, so this would allow them to kind of do that. So then it would then allow them to potentially continue chasing this antitrust exemption because they can say, look, we created a division in which we could pay players, just not everyone has the capacity to do so. So we need to protect those who can't, yada, 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 and so on and so on. Um, is this, I mean, I know like uh, what uh, the Premier League Premier League or like European soccer tried to do this and it lasted like two days because everyone lost their mind. Uh, is this like the end of what we consider college football or is this just another way that the rich teams are just saying, hey, we've already been making the money, we've already been paying the players, this just kind of codifies it. Anyone, open floor. I mean, I it, it, I don't know. It just see, it just feels like this kind of thing is inevitable the way it's going and with public pressure. Yeah. And, you know, uh, also, you know, uh, regulatory and legal pressure coming down on the NCAA in general and these schools. I mean, I don't know if it, it I don't know if it's the end of college football, but I mean, it just feels like kind of an inevitability and there'll have to be some kind of structure in place um, for when that happens, for when there's this kind of, um, you know, I mean, reckoning in terms of how the athletes are compensated and uh you know this i i i don't know if it will look exactly like this but it feels like kind of a um you know kind of a, a starting a starting point i think yeah i think the harder point is like if you look at it from i think it, it this may be a way of like saving at least saving the structure of the NCAA. of course this new subdivision if created would want the NCAA to be there because it offers them some legal protection, some like a shield, which everyone can throw, uh, you know, eggs and rotten tomatoes against. But it, let's say you were to go to Oklahoma State, for example, they're getting their TV deal of $35 million a year. Uh, and now they're being saddled with having to pay the players because they've been like auto opted into this upper league. That like cause, I don't know their bankroll, but every single college football program says we actually lose money every year. <laughs> you know, it's funny math how, how that works out, but there's a chance it like could potentially like bankrupt some of this stuff. And, and we're looking at then implementing salary caps to kind of keep the fairness of everything kind of across the board. And maybe you're looking at, you know, player movement is a, 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 a relegated down to where you can say, hey, only certain types of players or you have to be certain uh service years before you're able to get max contracts i mean all that type of stuff I mean, it gets very very professional very very quickly uh but this is what you know all your big national media people were clamoring for and now it seems to be like a uh oh no what did what pandora's box did we open uh uh here when it comes to this but having the idea of having them like pay directly and things like that then it becomes, well, what happens to the transfer portal at that point in time? What well, if a paid associate transfers to another uh, institution from that perspective? Are they, you know, selling the contracts? Like, you know, are they doing transfers from that perspective? Like, uh, you know, your premier, your soccer leagues and stuff like that. Then uh, then it gets kind of interesting from that perspective. You know, is, could relegation be the thing at that point in time? Because you have certain people not being able to spend a certain amount of money from that perspective. Uh, Brady, have you given any thought to this whatsoever? I mean, it, it, the sport seems to be very much so trying to coalesce to a two-power league uh, very, very quickly if the SEC and the Big Ten gobbling up everybody and the ACC being the last holdover because the big uh, – sorry, the East, uh, ACC is the last holdover because ESPN is able to squeeze a lot of money out of that very cheap deal for them. But, I mean, do you think this is just another breadcrumb to the inevitable? 
mean, I think so. Uh, I mean, and I could be t- talking completely out of my ass, but I just, again, let me sound like an asshole again. I, I'm just, we need to stop trying to think of legislation or policy that makes it not necessarily easier for the lesser programs, the secondary programs, um, but makes it harder for the top tier, if, if at all any harder, um, to double down on their own success because it's not fair to uh, Tulsa or Oklahoma State or um, Northwestern. We just need to get to a point in 10, 15, 20 years from now, like power to NFL minor league. That's where it's going. Um, I mean, what's really happened over the last 40 or 50 years? I mean, Alan, were scholarship limitations like the first big thing to try to even the playing field or at least not necessarily in the playing field, but disallowed like blue bloods from just being dynasties forever? I mean, was it scholarship limitations? I mean, I guess that that would be one way to look at it too. But don't forget also, like there's kind of a benefit if you're a blue blood too limiting those because like it ends like the arm race of having to pay for however many different kids on the team you know what i mean that's that's true yeah but yeah no i mean you know i guess you could say that it has a some type of leveling effect but i i view it more as a cost savings yeah and again like this is all mainly for like i mean i don't know anything about liberty they want all their games And I kind of feel bad for their players because they get in and I I bet they're so excited and they deserve like some time in the the sun for their season. And then they're going to get sent to what the Fiesta Bowl. And if Oregon is any type of motivated or if all their players don't opt out, Liberty is going to get the absolute shit kicked out of them because this is just kind of a farce of a stop with the like let's let everybody have like capri suns and everybody like hold hands and you know like yay sportsmanship and stuff like no 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 like this is big boy college football i'm an ou fan so i watch college football in in that guise or like with that standard if i'm a tulane football fan if i'm a cal football fan if those exist i don't know but if i'm that level of a fan i'm probably watching college football with like a more innocent view of like, Oh, that's a good team or, Oh, they, they're not that good. Oh, well, you know, like I just want to watch the best teams, the best programs with the best players go up, go up against each other. And I don't want to watch Jordan Travis break his leg against some directional school from Alabama in a meaningless game. I don't want to watch that. If Jordan Travis breaks his leg against Florida, it's football. It sucks and people get hurt. But in a game like that, that doesn't mean anything. Like, why are these games being played? And I know that's just a little bit of an example. And I know we're talking about a, you know, somewhat of a new Premier League or whatever, whatever it was as it was described or a power to. I just want to get closer to every game has so much weight to it because the team on the other side is just as well funded or has like some type of resource that you don't have or has a, if not a better roster than you. So your only um, your only chance or your only alternative to that is just to simply get better. And if you don't, then that's on you. So I want that because I obviously I'm an OU fan. So I believe OU would have success in that model. I'm just kind of tired of the having to have a margin for error because you play in a weak ass big 12 because I'm not willing to 
really watch the games. I'm just going to box score watch. I just want to get away from that. And if I were, you know, if I were an opponent of that opinion, I'd say, well, yeah, Oklahoma had a lot more resources and stuff, but they still couldn't nav- navigate uh, Oklahoma State and Kansas this year. Uh, uh, you know, they, they, these teams, and that's the hard part is that it's the same sport uh, in, that can be dictated and can be, you know, I don't know. I still don't know what it does to scheduling and all that type of stuff. Do these new, new league teams only play them? I guess they, well, I, I, I just don't know how that would handle, uh, you know, how they'd handle the scheduling side of it from that perspective. That seems I mean, kind of I'm, interesting. I'm sure you could still, you know, keep this is more kind of like, I don't know if it necessarily would mandate some type of breakaway so much as just saying, like, admitting, like, these schools are different. You know what I mean? And, like, in a lot of ways, you know, this kind of strikes me as sometimes when a company or an industry knows that it's about to – something's changed, it's about to get regulated, or, you know, there's going to be a major change coming, they – it, it behooves them to kind of try to take the reins in terms of what that looks like, you know, what that new future looks like. It, it's a kind of way of like saying like, we're, we're recognizing what's coming and we're accommodating that future. And, you know, at the same time, it gives you a hand in guiding it as opposed to having, you know, politician, for example, <laughs> write the rules for you or, you know, a, a regulatory agency, and so, I mean, I I kind of feel like that's what the NCAA is probably doing here, which, you know, I mean, especially given that they, you know, the, the uh, president now is a former politician. I mean, that, that all makes sense that he'd approach it that way. Well, we talked about all of our topics here. We had a little spot for extra stuff. Uh, have we missed anything that seems to have popped off for Oklahoma for college football or college sports at wide that we're missing here? How's the, how's the basketball game coming, Matt? Oh, you won, man. One by 20. Oh. Oh, dude, we were, no, it was close, 19, right? Number 19 in the nation, man. They're just going up and up. A big game up. against so you, Arkansas coming up on the uh, ninth. So do you think this team will finish 12th in the conference? I think, I think, as it no, was I think, I think, I think they're going to finish uh, slightly above that, slightly, slightly above, above that, that at this, slightly above that. Okay, I hope just, they can, yeah, I hope they can, uh, they can keep it up though. I mean, they're playing about eight guys. So hopefully stay, stay healthy for long stretches. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where it ends is that, that, they rotate three guys in off the bench, and that's really it. So if they can stay healthy, then hell, man, uh, March, let's go. Let's well, go. I mean, their problem is going to be shooting because I mean, even yeah. in this game, that I mean, I didn't see the last few minutes unless they knocked it out of the park. But they were like at one point one of nine from the three point line, and it was just McCollum that hit a shot. Yeah, he's he's really their only outside shooter. Otega always gotten a little bit better, but. Even he he shoots like one a game, maybe. Like he kind of knows his strengths and it's not it's not three point shooting. Yuzan, he's kind of taking a little bit of step of a step back. I can't wait to see him maybe get a bigger role once Big Twelve play comes. But John Hughley's been awesome for this for this team. Yeah, the big man. The big man for OU. Yes. And uh yeah, they're they're fun, man. It's 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 fun to watch, honestly. And I haven't been able to say that. In the past two years, uh, Tyler and I, we, we interviewed Porter Moser this off season. And I basically asked him, I was like, what's, what's the biggest differences, you know, from last year's team to this year. And almost before I could finish the question, he goes, we're way more athletic. (laughs) He he was just, we're in a different stratosphere athletically. And uh, you guys know who we're talking about and 
who everyone's talking about. They were brothers, <laughs> and uh, they're not going to be playing for this team anymore. And it's very fun to watch. Yeah, yeah. So here's a quick. Here's a quick. Okay, so I'm looking at the uh, 2024 Ken Palm ratings. Right. Uh, looking at the top ten, you know, as you expect, Big Twelve pretty well represented with three teams. Right. Do you know who? The, can you name them without looking at it? Who those three teams are? I would guess Kansas. No. Oh, no, Kansas. Texas. Nope. Wow. Kansas State. Nope. Okay, I'll no. give you. I'll oh, give yeah. you guys. I'll this give you. Tell you what. I'll give you guys two. I'll Oklahoma. give you guys two of them. Number one's Houston. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, I, okay. See. Okay. Oh, you yeah. can give me a pass see, on that. We I for, keep yeah. forgetting. Yeah. yeah. I keep forgetting B- they're in the Big Twelve. So now, so now Baylor is seventh. Mm-hmm. Oh, is the other so one BYU? One more. Yes. Yes. BYU, BYU is like 14th eighth. in the nation. Yeah. Yeah. They're they're wow. eighth in Ken Palm right now. Yeah. That uh, that was one I did not see coming. And of course, it's after eight games, but still. But still. Uh, and there's there's our basketball uh, hot take corner. Uh, <laughs> brought you about Matt. Forgot to add that into the list. Uh, but I want to say thank you, uh, everyone, for listening. Uh, please share us. Like I said, we're trying to grow this at this point in time, micro business uh, and bringing our uh, thoughts and opinions on Oklahoma football and Oklahoma sports in general. Uh, we do have a Patreon. If you want to come join us at patreon.com slash the keyhole, we have three different uh, content tiers. Uh, I will have um, a podcast on later, later uh, talking about the uh, ratings and rankings of the college football playoff with Nate over on CBF Nate on X or formerly known as Twitter trying to get the AP styling down just right. Uh, but beyond that, thank you for this house. Thank you, Matt. Alan, Brady, and sign off as you always do. Boomer! Boomer. I'm recording in my boxers, by the way. <laughs> <laughs>